Hey, 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 you are strong and capable, and it's time that you knew it. So in this show, we're talking about leadership, mindset, mental health, authenticity. I want you to look in the mirror and love the human staring back. So if you're ready to dig into who you are, where you're going, and how to get there, if you're ready for real talk all with a side of glitter and laughter, then you're in the right place. Welcome. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Strong and Capable. I'm your host, Bridget Heller, and I have a very special guest on today. You want to say, hey, Sari? Hello, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) So funny. I said your name and my computer. Yeah, does that happen a lot? Yes, every podcast. They go, hey, Siri, and then all of their devices go off. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I put everything else on airplane mode, so that didn't happen, but that was... Yeah, that would drive me crazy, I think, a little bit. So welcome to the podcast. I don't know if it cut out on the sound, so will you go ahead and introduce yourself one more time and say, hey? <laughs> hey, how are you? <laughs> so Zuri and I had met, two, is it two years ago now? I think it actually has been, yeah, maybe. Maybe? I don't know. Time flies, COVID time, I'm like, I don't know. It was right after, so maybe. I think we're coming on two years. Yeah, that what that is crazy. It's been two years, but like you said, COVID time, everything is mashed together, and I'm not actually sure when anything happened. Me too. <laughs> I'm like, but well, it's fine. And we met a couple of years ago, and she is a coach, an amazing, amazing business coach. And as we were talking about transformation, which is a the theme this year, I could think of no one better to come on here and talk with you because this is literally what she does. And you can correct me if I get these things wrong. Sorry, but like you, you help women realize their business dreams by working with them and coaching through them. But one of the huge things I remember when we first met is you talked about schedule and priorities and how to really, you take back charge of your life and run it with um, intention, which then equals success. How did, how did I like I the way you that? said it? That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> But that was really intriguing to me because most of us are multi-passionate, right? We've got families, we've got jobs, we've got um, extracurricular activities for kids. We're on serving on different boards or nonprofits or church things. So it's a lot. It's a lot. It can be for sure. And we're talking about how to transform our life. And I think most people are tired of it's a lot. I don't know if it's COVID or what, but we're people are worn out. I think they're definitely worn out. And I think there's lots of reasons for that. Um, And we've kind of talked about a few of that even before we started recording. But I think one of them is just with COVID and with this uncertainty, some of us have like lost hope in like the future. And it's almost like we've stopped dreaming. But even though COVID is lingering over us, that's kind of how the world always has been as far as uncertain. We don't really know what's on the other side of COVID or even what's on the other side of like 2029. And so I just really feel like if we could just start getting some of that spark, some of that dreaming again, and really figuring out what are the priorities? What do we want? Even if COVID, you know, gets us sick or COVID creates some unfortunate circumstances, but hopefully, right, we're going to be on the other side of it one day. And what do we want on the other side of it? And so I just think like, if we could just get a little bit more dreaming, a little bit more hope, life may feel a little less overwhelming for a lot of us. I really like that point, because I agree. It's like the uncertainty. 
I've actually gone head to head with a couple people on Instagram, not meaning to, because I'm not confrontational. That's not really my personality. So uh, it's unintentional, but I've had quite a few people. There was a popular Instagrammer and she posted something about how no one, it was very dramatic and it was no one's talking about the anxiety of COVID and no one's talking about how really hard it is. And she, she was really intense. And I was like, mm, I disagree with that because I've been, <laughs> I've been out here talking about anxiety for years now. And, and I, because of that, because I've been in the mental health world for lots of years, I know there are a lot of amazing humans out there who way before COVID were talking about facing your fears and dreaming and the same concepts that are applicable to everybody now, they were already talking about. It's just most of the world hadn't experienced anxiety on this level. Like you said, the uncertainty. People feel felt yeah. secure. Yes, we felt secure. We felt like we knew it was happening, but ultimately we aren't. I hope, hopefully that's empowering, right? And not just, right? but ultimately like we don't know how long we're to be on this earth or the people around us, our relationships. So it's just kind of like, if we really prioritize what's important to us, then we'll be fulfilled in every part of our life, even though it's going to be uncertain that we're not going to know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's the heart of how we actually transform our life is like you said, really understanding what's important to us. What are our priorities? What does that look like? I was thinking the other day about, you know, different diet fads or different trends. Being in the transformative world like you, there's always a new book that's a new trend of wake up at 5 a.m., drink celery juice, exercise this way. Like there's always something, right? It's the key, the key to unlocking your productivity and the magical best life. And I was thinking, you know, being in a mindset world, which is where I'm like, really the secret is, is not the thing. It's that you think the thing is the solution. And because you think that it becomes the solution. Does yes. That sense? Yes. Or it becomes the reason you blame the solution because it's too hard or it's something yeah. you don't want to do. And so just knowing that there's a way to transform your life in the way that you want to, right? Like if you don't enjoy drinking celery juice, there's a way to do it without it, right? If you don't enjoy getting up at 5 a.m., there's a way to have a great morning routine and transform your life without getting up at 5 a.m. And so it's just like really doing those things that you hear they say because you want to do it because it sounds empowering, because it sounds really fun and motivating. And of course, life dips and it's not always motivating, but for the most part, we want to create a life and a business or whatever we're focusing on and goals in a way that really feels empowering and it feels exciting more days than it feels defeating. So how do we do that? So we've been talking about how, you know, the world is sad and depressed and we don't want it to be talking about there is really no magical anything other than your mindset, like kicking in that mindset. So like, how, how do we get there? Cause I know there are so many people, so many people that are overwhelmed and depressed and frustrated. And I confess, man, I am seriously sassy today. I apologize to anyone. <laughs> I confess to Sarah before this was like, I just kind of wanted to like tell people to stop, to stop, like stop being sad and depressed. And, and I am one who's all for feeling emotion. I mean, I posted a reel a couple of weeks ago, me bawling, you know, so feel the emotions. I'm not saying don't feel your emotions. I'm saying don't live in that emotion. Don't stay stuck in that emotion. 
Right. Cause I think the overwhelm that you're talking about, it comes from fear. It comes from mm-hmm. uncertainty. Right. And it also comes from not really knowing what you're doing, like why you're doing what you're doing. Right. Or like, Oh, I'm just getting my kids to this soccer game or I'm doing this. But why are we doing those things? What is the big picture for them? And lots of times we put our kids in activities because we're afraid that if they don't have these experiences, something they'll turn out a certain way. And so when we are feeling overwhelmed, a good question to ask yourself is what are you afraid of? Because lots of times then we are avoiding what we're afraid of and we're chasing a feeling that we think that we're missing. And that's where I feel like overwhelm comes. The the root of overwhelm is, is a fear that we have, that we have to do all of these things and be a certain way and look a certain way and act a certain way, or people will then, and then, you know, fill in the blank for what you think. And really that overwhelm is really created in our head. So when you say stop, it really is, there isn't, you can stop right? Because it's more in your head than it is really physically on paper because of all the things we're doing because we think we have to do them. Yes, I love, I love that. And I think, um, I remember a few years ago, I was, I'm an analogy or an example. I always like him, but a few years ago, I was a, I was a pack rat, a hoarder. And when we moved from California to Arizona, I remember my mom came out and helped me because I had little kids. This was, you know, almost 10 years ago. And she was like, why do you have all these clothes? Why do you have all these things? I mean, just piles and piles and piles of them. And it's because I was afraid. Like you said, I had fear and we weren't in the best financial position I had had to work hard for everything we had. And I was scared that if I got rid of the thing, I would never get it back again. And then how would I clothe my babies? And how would we eat? And how would, you know, so I was spinning in that fear and it was resulting in me. If you dropped anything off at my doorstep, I was keeping it forever, (laughs) you know, forever. (laughs) So I had to release the fear with some gentle coaching from my mother and and sell off the stuff because we couldn't put it in the moving truck. There wasn't room and get rid of all these baby clothes. And you know, it's funny. It was fine. Of course, my kids have clothes. They're not running around the streets naked, but you know, like it all worked out, but you're right. It was a fear that was keeping me. I was piling stuff on. And so from that time on, I, I went on a mission to Marie Kondo my house essentially And now my house is clean almost all the time because I don't have a lot of stuff. I just don't. I have what I need to make it feel comfortable and that's it. And now there's safety in less, right? So the whole thing is the fear keeps you stuck and piled. Mm -hmm. And then when you release it and let go and move forward, you're actually more free with less, less clutter. And I want to kind of talk about like in our life, that's how it is. We have to learn to release the stuff. Like you said, the expectation that does our kid actually have to do everything? Do we actually have to? I mean, women right now, most women I know do their nails, do their eyelashes, have facial treatments, get waxed, get their hair. The hours that we are spending every month trying to be whatever that is, is overwhelming. I, I don't do any of those things, but I would say, yeah, it probably is right. Just, just the sheer amount of hours. And so I loved your analogy because you, as you were describing it, I'm thinking, cause I work with schedules, right. And I work with simplifying our schedules. And as you're, you have these pile of clothes, that's what our schedule looks like, right. It's just piling up all of the different things we think we have to do. Even in our business, when I work with women in business, like we don't have to do the reels and the blogs and the pinter, like we, we can, if we have time and we want to, and it's fun, but we do not have to do all of those 
things. And so I think it's the mindset that we have to do X, Y, and Z, right? And everyone has a different mindset, but our schedule just keeps getting piled up. And when we realize we don't have to do those things, but maybe we'd like to, and maybe we want to, then even though they're on our schedule, they feel a lot lighter. They feel more exciting. They feel more invigorating because you know why they're on your schedule and you know why you want to, you know, keep it on your schedule and you know why you want to do that thing. So is that what you would recommend doing is writing out a schedule and asking yourself, why, why am I doing this? That's a great thing that I do. Yeah, I usually do it the other way, but that's also really cool too. As far as like I say, okay, what are your priorities? What do you want? And I usually have like the top five, right? Um, and and priorities are in areas such as like, and I only tell you then because a lot of times people say like taking my kids to dance class. That's like an action step. It's not a priority, but like maybe it is like health and relationships and spirituality and family and maybe your business or, you know, some of those type of things. If you're in an education, if you're going to school. So in some of those big areas, but kind of figure out what your priorities are and then why. And it's something I walk women through in their first a couple sessions with me. So it takes a little bit longer than just a podcast, but the gist is then go create your schedule and just see, does everything on my schedule like point towards and support a priority, right? And if it doesn't support a priority, then you can ask yourself, why is it on there? And sometimes it's just because I want it to be, or I have extra time so I could, right? But sometimes it's like, oh, because I'm afraid to say no, or I'm afraid if I don't do this thing, or I'm afraid, or I have to, because I think, you know, people will judge me or whatever it is, then those are really where we clean up our schedule. So when people say, when I say I schedule and I organize people, of course, they're thinking I'm adding all onto their day and I'm going to make them really rigid. And really we actually clean up the schedules and they become way more flexible and way more free because we are, like you said, like your closet actually will have space and it will have room now. And it's so much more fun to go into a closet that you can see and that has you know white space and it has places for new things rather than one that's like jam-packed and you don't really know what's in there and so that's kind of what I do our you know our schedules is I create white space in them and I create intentionality and an understanding of why you're doing that thing every day and what it's really leading towards right like what is the big picture what's the priority that that activity is pointing towards I love that and I think taking that closet analogy you know, too, like if it's crowded and there's a million pieces in there, there's also a million things that you a, don't like for whatever reason, there's an emotional, oh, I hate that dress. I wore it to this one activity where we did, right? Like there's a weird emotional feelings with it. And so, and then also you don't see the things you really do like, you don't get to enjoy those things you really do like and remember what they are. And I think I found my life like that a lot lately especially through the holidays, we're all coming off the holidays, right? How many things did you begrudgingly do? Cause you thought you had to, and then it's not fun. It should be the holidays. It should be magic and cookies. And, and it wasn't fun because it was so packed and there were so many and it was mixed in with things you didn't like. So you don't appreciate, you don't enjoy the things you actually do like the way you should. Right. Right. And kind of going back to the whole closet, we're just going to theme this whole closet analogy, right? Through the whole <laughs> right. But like, you want to appreciate your closet. You want to appreciate what's in there. And if you, like you said, even if there's just a few handful of things that it's so packed, you can't see them. And there's like the dress and you go in your closet and you're like, oh, I have nothing to wear. There's nothing cute in here. Right. Like you're literally like having all these negative thoughts about your closet or in my case about your schedule, when really it could be an empowering and a really impactful thing. We just have to give it like clean it out and clear it out to make it that way. So that's why I'm like, 
schedule should really empower us. They should motivate us. They should guide us. And like, so should our closets, right? And so should our home. And so if it's not empowering us and motivating us and exciting us, then maybe we should ask ourselves why, and then, then decide what to do with those things that you answer when you say why. Yeah. Why? And just because it doesn't feel awesome, doesn't mean you get rid of it yet. I would like to, you know, cause I think uh, in today's world, a lot of times I, I see, I call it the middle finger. Like women are given the middle finger to the world. Like I don't have to do that. Cause I don't want to kind of a thing, but there are sometimes you still do things until you figure out your why, or if it actually is a why, you know, like I, I don't love mopping my floors. I hate it. But for right now, there is a purpose, even though I don't like it. I just think with our schedules, we have to be careful not to give, throw up the middle finger and just say no to all of it. Because when you're creating space. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. Well, I think it's finding out what you really want. So yeah, as women, there are actions we don't want to do a lot. Like we don't, I mean, there's a few people, but most of us don't really want to mop our floor. But what do we want, let's say, is the ability to walk across your floor and not have your feet stick to it, right? What we want is to be able to have a space where you can look at it and feel really excited to have your family, like, you know, come and congregate for dinner. And so it's really like, it's not really the actions that we want, but it's the result of those actions, right? And so it could be that you hire out and someone comes and does it for you or that you do it yourself or you ask a kid. And it could also be that you don't do it, but what is going to bring you the most joy right now? And so sometimes it's taking that, that step back and going, I don't want to mop my floor, but I don't want to hire it out yet. And I don't want to do without, which is like not do it. So I'm going to make it a point to do it. And then we could at least do it with what I call as being truthful to ourselves. Like say, oh, I have to do this thing, right? We get all grumpy, but we really want it clean. And so then at least it, we can do it with a little less, um, I guess, griping and complaining because yeah. what we do want is a clean floor. Yeah, so I like that. So asking why am I doing this, right, might be the first step. And if that doesn't just clarify it really quick, because sometimes it might just be an easy, well, I love my kids and I do this for them. Like it might really be like a quick why, but like you said, the second question or the follow-up or whatever, more, if you're seeking more information, what is the result? What is the result I'm seeking from this? You know? yeah. and, and I think there are a lot of things on our schedule that we say we don't want to do right? Mm -hmm. But we do them. And so like, again, I like to say, let's be honest with ourselves. Like if a lot of women maybe complain about having to cook dinner or mopping floors, right? But cooking dinner. But if you really say why you're like, because I want my family to have something to help to eat healthy, right? Because you don't have to cook dinner. They could have fruit roll-ups and fruit loops for, you know, like, cause dinner is just to make you full. Right. But if you have a different why that you want to show your kids that these are different options of meals, or you want to introduce them to different cuisines, whatever your true why is, then that's what leads you to make the dinner that you make. Right. So if it's just to fill them up, maybe they have hot pockets. If it's just, if it's to introduce them to new fruits and vegetables, then maybe that's when you've decided that you'd like, that you like to maybe not the cooking of dinner, but you like to present the dinner for them to have. And so when we really understand why is it on there, but I don't like to do it. There's a reason why we keep doing it. So we really need to find that reason. And then cooking dinner becomes a little bit more enjoyable. I'm not saying all the time, but it is because you're like, oh, but I, I'm choosing to cook this level of dinner, whatever it is, right? Whatever, whether it's out of the box or like all the way from scratch, I'm choosing this dinner because I want this result. Yeah. And we are people of purpose and passion. 
were the two things that came to my mind as you were talking. You know, we want to be passionate about it and we want it to have purpose. And so that's why some of these less sexy things <laughs> were like, I hate this, right? But if you can give it purpose and then you do become passionate about it differently. And I agree with you when you ask yourself the why of why am I doing this? It also opens up other doors for how to get it done because maybe healthy eating is so important to you. But if it truly is the worst thing on earth to make dinner, if you know why, then maybe you're going to find a meal service, you know, that will bring in the healthy meals or whatever you're going to do, because then you can find how to do it in a way that serves both the purpose and you. Right. Which is the purpose and the passion, right? The yeah. passion to not cook and still have my kids have healthy dinners. Well, then that's your win-win. And so when we really know our priorities, I really feel like our schedules are full of more win-wins than when we don't know our priorities. It's just full of like, we have to do's, but really we want to do a lot of what's on our schedule. We just need to uncover why. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, my mentor, Gina Debbie, she always says stand for the and. It's not usually a either or. There's usually an and in there. You know, yes. I can have this and I'll do it this way or and you know, there's almost always an and versus a yes or no. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Interesting. Well, we've, I mean, we've talked about closets. We've talked about <laughs> cooking. Let me, what other area can we clean up in our life? Yeah, wherever you want your transformation, right? <laughs> yeah, but that's really what it is, is where do you want your transformation? Because once you feed yourself with the right information, your mind can start seeking those evidences and building the case for why this is purpose and passion in your life, right? What is this moment, this thing, this activity going to, how is it going to bring that? And then how does that transform your life, right? That, that is transformation. It's these tiny things we're talking about, it can be related to anything because it's one of those eternal truths, which yes. it is. Yeah. This is. Huh. Interesting. Okay. So these are great tips you've given with the, the why and then the, what is the purpose? So once space is cleared up, how do we keep it cleared up? I think that if we are constantly focused on our priorities, then we keep it cleared up, right? Kind of like if you were editing your closet and you're like, it's fall, then your closet may stay full of fall things, right? And then when it becomes summer, the intention is maybe to put the fall things in the back and bring out like the summer stuff. And so I actually work with my clients on priorities, but I have them redo them every six months or after a big life event. Because what I've noticed, the priorities don't change a lot, but our action steps towards them do. Right. And so when we know why that thing's a priority, then we know what the action steps are to, to making it happen. So for example, I could have two different clients and they both say health is a priority, right? But one may be wanting to be more flexible and to be more agile. And the other one's health may be to lose weight. Well, then notice their action steps are going to be very different, right? One may be um, doing more yoga and more stretching and maybe some meditation and the other one to lose weight may be doing more cardio or hit. And so even though like our health, let's say may be a priority for a lot of us for a lot of years, it may look different of the action steps. And so if we don't really figure out what the result we want from that priority, then we're kind of constantly doing the action steps we did as, as, as like 
10 years ago. And then I tell my parents that have older kids, I'm like, we'd still be changing diapers, right? The priority for your kids is not to like get them a nice clean diaper, but maybe that's what it was to feed them and diaper them when they were little to take care of them. But as they turn five and 10 and 20 to take care of them, right? Whatever that means, it's going to look very different. And we sort of forget that in our own lives. So that's, I think how we keep it fresh and we keep it there is just really making sure, is this still a priority? And are the action steps I'm doing still making the, am I getting the result? And if we're not getting the result, then we say, is it still a right priority? And if it is, then we just say, okay, well, what are some of the steps I can get or do that can really make this result happen? So we change our action steps a lot. Our priorities don't usually change. I always say there's like a sixth one that kind of rotates in and out as life changes for us. But for the most part, we kind of gravitate towards the same priorities. I really love that. And it goes back to kind of what we're talking about at the beginning that everyone's different and their priorities and their actions are going to look different because they are different. So, but I don't know if we realize, like you said, that our priorities for us individually are actually kind of the same. It's just changing how our approach. That's a really um, good point because I'm always shocked and I feel like I've taught enough classes now that this is pretty common. I'm always shocked when I write a letter from my hundred year old self to my current self, or when I go back and do inner child work, which a lot of, you know, workshops do, how I'm kind of the same person. I'm always shocked by it. What? Because I think I've like evolved and grown and changed, but then it's shocking how I, I still have the same, as you said, priorities, the things that matter to me, the things I'm passionate about are kind of actually still the same. I adore people and I want them to feel like they're amazing. And like, I just approached it in a completely different way. And I think because we believe that we're ever changing, it's, it, it almost adds to that need to like run on the hamster wheel and get ahead of it somehow or get ahead of other people. There, there's this weird emotion that comes with it because we're not secure in the idea that we are who we are. We're just evolving within that. Well, yeah. And when you said it, the weird emotion that came up for me was like the overwhelm, right? Because we're judging how we used to be versus how we think we should be. And we're not just really in the moment and being like, okay, this is the mom I am this year, right? This mom this year cooks dinner this way, or this business owner this year is trying this and giving ourselves permission to pivot and change and switch stuff up, but intentionally not because a lack or because we, it was motivation or because it seemed boring, but we're like, no, I'm changing this up because, and if we can say why, right. With a very facts, we always say there's drama and there's facts. And if we can, yeah. if it's drama, we know that we're just like repelling or chasing the activity. But if it's like factual based, like I'm stopping this because I want to replace this with it, then it's a very clean, even trade. And then we don't have to beat ourselves up going, oh, I start all these things, but I never finish them. Lots of us do start things and never finish them, but we do it with an intention where we know why, then we don't constantly beat ourselves up and think, oh, we need to keep doing that thing because we started it. It's okay to stop it if we know why and replace it with something else. Yes, I think especially as, as working and, you know, like I said, multifaceted, passionate people, I think we beat ourselves up so often, like you said, for starting and stopping things. But usually we start things with a clear intention and usually we stop them because we learned whatever we needed to learn. Right, right. Whatever that was, the lesson is done. But we feel instead of feeling like, hey, I learned what I needed to learn. Good job, success. We take it the opposite as the man I failed. Yeah, yeah. 
So interesting. Yeah. And look at me. I start all these things and I never finish them. I work predominantly with, with women and men that have ADHD. And that is one of the main things is they, they say, I always start things. I never finish them. Like a lot of the world does that. But when we know our intentions, we know our priorities. Again, I sound like a broken record. Then we'll know why we're starting and stopping stuff. Right. And then we know, Hey, I was reading this book because I wanted it to be entertaining and light and it's not really doing that for me. Well, guess what? You totally have permission to stop reading the book and start another one or, you know, whatever that looks like in your life. And lots of times we just beat ourselves up and think, Oh, there you go. Another book I didn't finish, but give ourselves that grace of it wasn't doing, it wasn't providing the result that we wanted from it. Then it's totally okay to stop. Yeah. And the comparison, right? Comparison is the thief of all joy is like the famous quote, right? But it's true. And I think that's one of the hardest parts is everyone's all about evolving and growing now, which is great because that's, we're in that space. We like that. <laughs> but, um, but comparison, comparison, comparison while you do that is the killer. It's the thing that brings in that guilt and that shame and all that. And so giving yourself permission to be on your own journey whatever that looks like, I think is really key to transformation because when you let go of that shame and that comparison, now you're get creating, just like we're talking about in the closet, you're creating space emotionally for the transformation to take place. And that's yes. important too. Yes. And I love how you say that because as I was on kind of my journey to transform, I, I knew that I was on the right path, but what really allowed me to propel, I think with, with it, with it feeling fun and easy is because I knew I was in control of how many hours I worked or how many hours I studied or how many hours or clients I took, right. Or whether I said yes or no to opportunities. And so I feel like sometimes we don't pursue, pursue our dreams or we don't pursue our goal because we're afraid of like the time or like the actions that it will take to achieve it. Or we want to be in a rush. We want to get there faster. So just knowing we get to decide the action steps. We get to decide the time. We get to know what our path looks like and we get to create it rather than trying to compare it to somebody else's. And so what I teach my clients now and the secret that I think for my journey is that we get to choose how fast or how slow that we go on our journey to this transformation. And sometimes there's this period of acclimation where we just acclimate to the life that we have and just sit in the transformation we just had and enjoy it. We don't always have to be moving, moving, moving. We can just be acclimating to the person that we are and really enjoying it and being intentional. And then we'll get that nudge to maybe up level and then we can do it. We just, I just feel like sometimes we feel like we always have to be evolving. And I think we are even in like what I call the acclimation phase where we're just evolving and sitting in the world that we have created and enjoying it before, you know, we go on to the next thing. Yes. And I actually think this kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, this unhappiness during this uncertain time right? is so much of it is people are being forced to sit back, to slow down. And it's crazy uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. I told my friend the other day, the greatest gift I ever give to God is to stop because it's so uncomfortable for me to pause, to listen to like a bath. That sounds horrible to me because the idea of just sitting still is so uncomfortable. But during COVID, I knew I needed to give myself permission to do that so my body could heal, right? And what I watched was, thankfully, I've done 20 years of transformational work and understood I needed that. Not everybody has. And so I've been watching all these women just hate life. They hate life. But I think it's not that they hate life. It's that they hate the slowdown. They hate the stop. 
and this and it makes them face all the things or at least the things are like buzzing right around the head and the heart and it's uncomfortable I think that yeah, it, it's, it's just really all the things is. they have to do all the things they want to do all of that mm-hmm. and just really having that slowdown but even not even compare not comparing your slowdown to someone else's so I too do not like fast don't tell anyone but <laughs> I used to think, what was wrong with me? I'm a woman that doesn't want to sit in a bath. I'm like, I, I just, that's so, it's just not my form of enjoyment. And so maybe for me, like that slowing down or that bath or whatever it is, that the trigger, like self-care word, you know, it's really just to rejuvenate and to allow us to just have that ability to just renew and just feel like a little recharged. And so it may be a bath for somebody. It really may be going for a run for someone else was the exact opposite action. So it's just like knowing for you, if you need to reset and recharge and just recalibrate, what is that activity for you? And then don't compare like your, like the self-care, whatever you want to call it to somebody else's, right? Like I get like during COVID, we may not be wanting to run. And that's when your body knew like, oh, even though maybe running and coming up with a new idea and a new plan and creating new content, that was fun but it's also sometimes fun or necessary, right. To slow down and do that. But I think when we try to force ourselves into those self-care type of slowdowns that aren't really the ones that are ours, you know, the, the real, the ones that really reset us, that's kind of when we get into that, that rut of like, I don't know how to slow down because we're just not doing it the way that really like impacts us to recharge us. There's yes, I agree with all of that. There's very self-care is as personal as every other kind of care physical care, mental health care, like all of it, you know, self-compassion and all those things. I do think that especially in today's busy world for men and women, uncomfortable is something we avoid at all costs. And I mean, I was sitting in a conference a few months ago and there were 50 women, 50 high powered women in the room. I mean, incredible. And the speaker was kind of pushing us through some emotional stuff. And then the whole room kind of got like, you know, when you, you can tell when a room's uncomfortable, people are like moving their shoulders and kind of sitting up and like tapping the table, like it got uncomfortable. And she said, stop. She said, all of you women, cause it's all women, just you're trying to move past this and pretend like this uncomfortable moment, uncomfortable moment is not here. It's non-existent, just, but feeling the uncomfortable moment is what helps prepare you for the change. Because we gotta allow this feeling to be here and not just kick it out of the room. Just you're not yes. ready until you face this. So I will say, if you're uncomfortable, that's okay too. It might not be the thing that recharges you, but get comfortable with being uncomfortable because you can't transform unless you're a little uncomfortable, right? Yeah, and, and that's, that's where the trans- say I'm gonna lose weight till the pants are a little tight. <laughs> Right. Right. And then you get uncomfortable and you're like, okay, I'm done being this way. Let's get on that other. I love that. And just ask yourself, why am I uncomfortable or why I I resist bored. Mine's like, I don't want to be bored. So I'm going, going, trying to get stuff done. But, um, yeah. And just ask like, what, what's wrong with being uncomfortable or what's wrong with being bored? Like, like nothing, right. It's just a feeling. And if we can feel those feelings then we can get past fear and some of those other things that are really propel would propel us forward on this transformation journey. So allow yourself to be uncomfortable and ask the question why. I feel like that is the overarching theme of this entire podcast. It's like, why? Ask why. Yeah. That is the big question of the day is ask why. I love it. All right, sorry. So our time is running out, which is crazy. I feel like it flew by in two seconds here. 
So as we're wrapping up, we're, like I said, we're talking about transformation. We talked, actually, the whole thing was why, how, and what of transformation this month. And we talked about the why today. So good job. We can pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, those listening also can feel the why because, so let's just talk about the why really quick as far as long-term as we wrap up. Why, we asked ourselves why to set our priorities. But then what does that look like long-term? How does that benefit us to, because it is uncomfortable to change our life. You know, when you clear out your calendar, you might have to start saying no to some things and that can be uncomfortable or changing how you do things. And people in your family might not always love that, right? Like if you stop cooking and bring in a meal service, maybe they wouldn't love that or maybe they'd be thrilled about it. Just depends. Mm-hmm. But it, that can be uncomfortable. So what, why is this worth it? I think because then you know why you're doing it. And then you have this little bit of a, a seed of confidence. Like, so when your family say, if it was to bring in the meal delivery service, then at first you're like, oh no, they're going to think I'm a bad mom, that I'm not cooking dinner for them or whatever, like all of that. But if you know the why, right, it's so that we can still have dinner together as a family and I can have an extra hour every day to work on this thing, then we don't have to I guess women, right? Sometimes we will, but we shouldn't have to feel bad because we know it's still hitting both of our priorities, right? It's still allowing us to have a dinner together as a family. If that's a priority or an action step within your priority. And it's allowing you to, to do that thing you want on your transformation journey. And so the no's and the yeses or the changing and doing things different, they become a little less uncomfortable because we know really why we want to do that. Right. Like if you really have like a, per, a person asked you for a favor and you're literally going to be out of town you might feel bad that you're not there for them, but you don't really feel bad saying no. You're like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm not here for you, but I'm going to be out of town. Mm-hmm. Right. And because you know why you can't help them, then it, it, you don't think about it again. Right. You're not giving yourself all that shame and all that guilt. But if you just can't help them because you're choosing because you want to do this thing, but you don't really know why but you just don't really help them, then you're going to feel bad and shameful and guilt and resist like, oh, I should be helping them. And so when you know that why it's almost like being out of town, right? And being like, oh, I wish I could help you, but I can't because these things are really my priority. And it's not like you would fly back from being out of town to come help this friend out, even though you would want to. And that's okay. And that's where that's where I'm like the why doesn't make all the uncomfortable feelings go away, but at least it allows you on that trajectory where it just kind of builds that confidence like it's okay to say yes or it's okay to say no because this is the big picture that I'm on yeah and as you're talking I think that why also allows you to have compassion in a different way because like you said the want can be truly a heart that would want to serve and has compassion for the person versus this when we're uncomfortable we tend to assign um, um, emotions to a situation that are negative you know so now it doesn't have to be a negative weird situation it can just be something that you didn't do because it was it didn't fit in your wise and that's yeah. okay. Right. Right. And, and then you can do service in a way that does hit your wise. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and find out what those are. If, if a service is your priority, right. If you want to be that kind of person, you can just find out, okay, during this part of my life, I can't do this kind of service, but I can do this. And then when you know what you can do and why, then when every time that, whenever that comes up, you can be like, oh yeah, I can help in this way because I know I have time. And this is kind of what I've decided I can do during this period of my life. This is what service is going to look like. And it's going to look different throughout all different parts of our life. But when we know all the otherwise, then we feel really comfortable and confident in our priorities. Like it. And long-term that comfortable and confidence allows for growth 
It allows for the things that we love most and have the biggest priorities to actually come to fruition. And yeah. so then we're happier long-term. Definitely, right? Because we're doing things that really are propelling us. And some people think that's selfish, but really when we propel ourselves, we're preparing, propelling everything else, mm -hmm. right? So saying no to a few of these things may feel like hard and may feel like a sacrifice and may be like, oh, I wish I could, but the things you're doing over here are going to set yourself or them or your family or someone up, right? That then the world can just, as a world, right? The more we do for ourselves, the more we're actually doing for other people too. So a lot of our people pleasing tendencies, if we're really stuck into our our, our priorities, they'll go away naturally because it's easy. I mean, it's hard to say no, especially if you've been a people pleaser, but when you really know what's going to be on the other side of that and you realize, oh, I'm giving up this thing, then it becomes easier to say no. And then over time, long-term, right? You really are saying no when you mean it and you're saying yes when you mean it. And it's so much more fun to serve or to do an opportunity or to anything in business or whatever, when it's a really big fun, yes. And so long-term, that's also your satisfaction and you're able to help other people in other ways as well. Yes. And just to echo that, you know, women are amplifiers, especially, but men too, but we, there's that saying, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. And we all laugh about that, but I know a lot of people live by that, <laughs> but I would say we are quick to forget that when mama's successful, everybody's successful because women are amplifiers. So whatever you're doing, if you're unhappy, the people around you are not going to be happy. And if you're successful, the people around you are going to be successful. So if you're questioning the principle, it's just, it's honestly, it's just how it works. It's the, the opposite of the truth that we accept, but we have an easier time accepting snarky stinker truth than the truth that maybe makes us question our priorities and our whys. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, thank you so much, Sherry, for coming on. I know people are going to want to find you and connect with you. We've got a lot of entrepreneurs in the audience. So how can they find you? So I am most aggressively active on Instagram. That's where I like to just do most of my posting and connect and get to know people. So Siri Payne Coaching, C-E-R-I-P-A-Y-N-E Coaching, come over there and ask me questions and learn about you know, schedules, priorities, and just mainly simplifying, simplifying life so that we don't have to feel overwhelmed and we can still get all the transformations and the up levels and hit our goals without the overwhelm and lack of sleep. I like to say that too. So, yeah, and you're <laughs> a beautiful like example of that because we didn't even hit on it, but with your background and I mean, you are a full working time mom and you have kids and degrees and all the things you've done it all. So you're a beautiful example of it. So definitely go check her out. I know you will love her. I love your practical advice. It's something that when I see your stuff, I always pause on Oh, what she got to tell me today. So thank you for that. And thank you for coming on and talking about transformation with us. It was so fun. Thanks for having me. No Thanks for listening to this episode of the Strong and Capable podcast. You're my hero for listening. And you would be my extra special hero if you would share this episode, share with your friends what you're listening to and what you love about it and bring them into the community. If you want to connect more, you can join me on my favorite place, Instagram. It's Bridgette.Heller, B-R-I-G-E-T-T-E dot H-E-L-L-E-R. Or you can find us on the Facebook page, The Strong and Capable. It's a private group. I will let you in and then you can Zoom with us twice a month where we have special guests and we talk more about these subjects that we're hitting on in the podcast. Of course, if you want to go further, 
There is always the Launch Your Podcast in 30 Days course where you can Zoom with me every week and we'll get your voice into the world and so many other ways. So find that all at www.thestrongandcapable.com. And remember, friends, you are exactly that. You're strong and capable. Talk to you later.